Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. So we are officially live on social okay. media. Today is Wednesday, July 21st. We're celebrating women in detailing and we have special guest Jennifer Turcott and she has 22 years experience in the industry. A lot of you may be familiar with her as she is a training director of IGL and owner of Carsmotology. I'm sorry, Carsmotology. <laughs> yeah. That, that M throws me off every time I go to say it. Um, but uh, she has a lot of experience in the industry, especially in regards to representing women in the industry. Um, and she did a great job at the Southern Detailers Conference as well with that. So with that said, we're going to dive into her past and how she got started in the wonderful world of detailing and where all this happened. And of course, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your day today, Jennifer. Of course. Thank you. And um, I just wanted to say congratulations to you on your auto geek position. Oh, thank you. You saw that, I take it. I did. Yeah. I just wanted Ironically, to it just happened to post when we're doing this, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really awesome. So tell me, how did all this come about? Like what got you started in detail and where did that passion start for you? At what age and where? Um, first one quick question. Mm-hmm. Can you hear that um, automotive stuff in the background? Mm, not really gives that gives a character but not really just let me know if it gets too loud i'll try and find another spot okay um so starting out i mean i kind of always had my brother introduced me to uh cars when i was younger he was talking about his uh eagle talon which i thought was gonna he was gonna bring home and it was gonna be some sort of ferrari looking thing uh but still you know it kind of got me intrigued with cars and ever since then I um you know when I was 15 I started at a full service car wash detail center with my friends so that's kind of what got me into being around cars more was that and, the kind of assembly line style one yeah where you're outside Absolutely. drying and running it through the tunnel yeah and I was like 15 so um you know I would do the prepping and the drying whenever I could they had do um you know, free vacuum service there. So, um, we didn't do the vacuuming. And when I was working at the till, my manager, he actually, you know, he would be like, Oh, don't worry about it. I got the till at the end of the night. Well, shortly thereafter, it was probably like a couple of months in, um, I no longer had a job because the numbers weren't adding up. So, um, I would, I don't really know what was going on, but I can only assume maybe there was some sort of, you know, pocketing of the money or something like that. But uh, after that, then I started working at a dealership. So I kind of saw, you know, the ins and outs of a dealership and how that was kind of like quick turnaround when I wanted to spend more money cleaning the cars. Uh, I started polishing then with a rotary buffer. So nice. I was what like- What brand dealership was it? Uh, it was a Ford dealership. Gotcha. So I started with a Makita 
And uh, then, you know, I just, I don't know. I just always like really loved cleaning cars. I love the transformation. I love taking something that, you know, was neglected or, um, you know, just needed to get shined up. And that was my thing. Uh, when I was 19 years old, that's when I got into another full service car wash detail center. So um, kind of recently before that I had lost my dad. And so like the owner of that dealership, he kind of like, you know, went into like that dad role. Um, it took me a little while because he was kind of like a boot camp instructor. I could kind of tell that a lot of people had, um, you know, maybe disappointed him. So, you know, it was, it was kind of like that assembly line where you start at the vacuum bay. There was room for four cars. It would get brought over to the prep bay and then it would go down the line to the dry bay. So, you know, going in the vacuum bay, there was in the mornings, there was only two of us. So there was one person, you know, on one side and I was on the other. So I found out again soon that, you know, when it went down to the dry bay and it wasn't done right, my boss would walk all the way over to the vacuum bay. And I mean, I remember specifically one time he took a vacuum hose attachment and threw it at us. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, he said some choice words, but pretty much he's like, get it right next time. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to hustle. And so I would vacuum my side. I would be the one that would bring it over to the prep bay. Um, and I would kind of check the other person's side. And if it wasn't done right, you know, I would bring it back and I'm like, oh, you know, we missed a few spots instead of me kind of being like that. Um, I mean, can we swear on here a little bit? Sure. <laughs> I just didn't want to be are detailers. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's, I work at a shop, but I didn't want to be that asshole and be, you know, checking over his work right there. So to be nicer about it, um, you know, I would check it before it would go down the line. And if it wasn't, you know, done to standards, uh, we'd bring it back and clean it out. And you then made I'd a team player. That way you weren't throwing somebody under the bus. You were given the opportunity for it to be. Yeah, corrected. I didn't want him to, you know, I would, it, it was more of like a subtle sort of critiquing. So then, you know, I'd actually run down to the dry bay too, and I'd help dry it off because in the dry bay, if there was like one drip of water going down from um, the mirror, I mean, my boss would specifically come out, grab a towel, wipe it off right in front of us. And then we'd all just kind of like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> feel like crap. So I'm like, all right, I just need to make sure that this is absolutely perfect. So now when I do detailing, I mean, I feel like that kind of got ingrained in me. So like my standards are very high. It kind of takes me a lot to get impressed. Um, but when I teach, I kind of make sure that I go over all these things and I'm not hard on people, but I am very kind of like, uh, I'm just, you know, blunt? not, it's not blunt in a mean way. It's, um, I'm, I'm nice about it. Let's just say that, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, make sure, uh, make sure we get those, uh, water spots, you know, or it's nothing. I mean, that kind of sounded a little mean, but no, but I'm if nice you had good training like that, and with that, yeah. you know, let's say military like mentality of yeah. somebody who's trained you that passes down. And that's one of the biggest things that I think this industry lacks is people being trained to be trainers mm -hmm. or being trained properly. And then that in person being able to become a trainer, but use those tactics as their own, like mm -hmm. you're talking about. Yeah. I just don't like to sugarcoat stuff. I want to make sure that people are doing it right. Um, you know, the first time rather than maybe somebody else coming at them and being mean about it, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then after working there for about four years, I tried going to college. This is in 2008, uh, when kind of like things were, you know, the market was crashing and, 
Uh, I tried going to college. Um, just wasn't so much for me. I'm more of a hands-on sort of person. So I uh, tried that for two years, came back, did detailing on the side, uh, still using my rotary buffer. Then I started bartending a little bit too. And there was this one guy that continuously kept coming into the bar telling me that I needed to work for this place called Amola Motorsports. So uh, I ended up going to this car show, introduced myself to the owner. And, you know, sure, like I got brought on pretty much that next week and I brought in my, you know, my big old Makita and they're like, what is that? Because, you know, they were used to using like little Porter cables. So that's when I kind of first got introduced to, you know, not using a rotary buffer. And when I saw the finish of what an orbital could do, you know, and I was like, oh my God, wow, this is awesome. Um, I watched somebody how to use it in like 15 minutes. And then, you know, I didn't really know, I didn't really know heat management. I didn't really know, you know, how long you should be doing sections. I lost you for a second there, Jen. Um, there's just go. a lot I learned myself. And I guess I was a little too stubborn to kind of ask. So yeah, there was kind of, it was a learning process. Uh, you know, like, I think as a detailer, we've all scraped our knees a little bit in that process, right? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. We've taken it. We're like, oh, we've got the tool now. I've mm -hmm. seen this. I, I know it works. I can make this work. I've used this other tool. And then you're like, oh, wait a sec. There is a learning curve here. Mm -hmm. Damn it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I was working for them for about two years. I started. That's kind of how I got started working on higher end vehicles. So people always ask me, they're like, how did you get, you know, working on Porsches and, um, you know, Porsches are kind of my thing. Uh, but you know, other higher end cars, they're like, how did you get into it? I would say that working at a, you know, well-established, you know, higher end car shop definitely got me into working on those after working on them for about two years. And our, um, our pricing was really low because when I went from the full service car wash detail center, you know, our prices for a detail, they were anywhere from 125, maybe $200 tops. So when I was working at the, um, at Amola, we started, it was pretty much 200 to 250. It was just a standard price. You know, after that, when I started my business, you know, my prices were pretty low, but the whole area around here in Minnesota, they were all pretty low. Um, so you know, but I found out that once I, I, I just couldn't get a raise there. You know, I was, I was at about $13 an hour. I was. You're fine. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was at about $13 an hour. I asked for a raise. They couldn't really give me a raise just because they had moved into a 32,000 square, square foot building. Um, you can imagine what the heat bill was on that. So it's oh like, gosh. So they, they couldn't really pay me more. And I just said, Hey, I'm sorry. Like, but I got to go. So I ended up quitting. Um, I jumped into a shop before I had any sort of money saved up. Uh, I ended up borrowing about $2,000 from, um, a friend. And so my, you know, my rent payments were, I was paying about $3,000 a month in, um, you know, all the, you know, the rent, the, utilities, um, me paying back the guy because I paid him back in, you know, about six months. And it was pretty tough. And my prices were 200 to $250 inside outside. It kind of depended on if it was an SUV or a car. 
I know that sounds crazy. I was that person that probably, but the thing is, is prices weren't high around here. So no, I wasn't really yeah. undercutting people. Um, You're just going with what you were familiar with in your local market. So, I mean, there's yeah. no wrong for that. And then and I didn't want to be a jackass if I would have known that, you know, if I was undercutting people, but nobody was really getting into detailing that much around here. So uh, for the first year it was pretty rough went through a bad relationship ended up living in my shop for about a year um washing myself in a big blue tub um was not fun i didn't even have money for like a like a hose attachment i just used my thumb um you know it gets pretty cold here in the winter so washing the cars kind of like outside was a challenge there were certain times where i had to do waterless washes uh, but after about a year of pushing through it, uh, yeah, there was a lot of emotion in it just because times were tough, but I just knew that it was either I get rid of my shop and I find a place to live or I just power through it. And, and I know it's not always going to be like that. So after a year, I got into another shop, um, and then got a, I, I just started and then I got into ceramic coating ceramic coatings did kind of change the change it for me and but i also around think, what year was that would you say oh it was probably 2015 i'd say okay. maybe 2014 20 yeah it was probably it was late 2015 so i got into ceramic coatings um that definitely helped and um you know i continuously did kind of once i started to grow so like you know where i couldn't keep up with you know getting people in i was scheduled out um, you know, like a month or so I was like, yeah, it's probably time to raise my prices. So I started raising my prices and yeah, that's kind of what helped me get out of, get out of the shop. Um, then after, sorry, this is kind of like a long story long. No, no, you're fine. This is, this is what we have the time for, but back up one second though, as far yeah. as when you started offering ceramic coatings because of the way that your market was, were you getting a lot of resistance in the beginning? Did you have Ooh. to explain the benefit and all that? There's, it... Yeah, there's so much that I've learned over the seven years of doing ceramic coatings. Because when you first get into ceramic coatings, you think that they're like bulletproof. You think that, I mean, because you hear that you can light it on fire. You can run a shopping cart into it. You can, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much, you know maybe bird droppings will hover above it and like there's no water spotting but then you find out that those are not all true so my biggest thing is uh to kind of like i mean i guess i'll get i'll get back to like finishing the other part but um god there's so much that i could talk about right now but the one thing is like now when i do ceramic coatings or if somebody like inquires about a ceramic coating you know, I'll have them come in for a consultation. Almost every single appointment is based off of a consultation because first of all, I want to know what the customer expects. Um, and I want to find out what's best for them and their vehicle. I don't want anybody pissing away money. So like if ceramic coating is not for you and you're not going to maintain it, I will almost like refuse to put it on their car. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to, um, not, I'm wondering if I should use the word. I don't want to, I guess, rape my customer. <laughs> so no, I don't, want them, I, I don't want them to say like, here, give me your keys. I'm going to put a ceramic coating on it. I'm not going to tell you how to maintain it. And then you're going to just kind of like figure it out because then you kind of feel like, you know, you're, you just got something taken away from you because that you're just not going to be able to, I mean, maybe it's not the right word, but um, that's no, just. No, but we've heard those horror stories where somebody's basically oversold them on hype and they just 
drive off, pump gas, and that's it. And then they wonder why it's failing. And right. now they're jaded. And it's and on the- you. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that I'm education with my customers and, you know, anybody that wants to talk about detailing, uh, that's, that's what it's, um, that's very important to me. So I make sure I go over, you know, how you maintain your ceramic coating. When people come into the shop, you know, I go over a a series of questions with them. I ask them how long they've had the vehicle. Uh, when's the last time it's been detailed by who, um, how they maintain it and how they plan on maintaining it. And then, you know, ask them if any, if there's any repainted areas. So that kind of like helps me gauge, you know, first of all, what I'm expecting when I walk up to the vehicle. And then also, you know, is a ceramic coating a good fit for them? You know, are they planning on changing their washing methods? If I see a Mr. Car Wash or some sort of, you know, little thing in their front, um, windshield right next windshield corner. i'm yeah. just like uh no so i go with i have two different detailing prices also you know there's a heavy and a light so anybody that has that sort of you know um thing in their windshield i always suggest a light detail because i don't want them to sit there and pay you know all this money to get you know a 100 correction and it's just going to get hacked up um So yeah, that's just kind of like, that's how I do it. There's two different kinds of people. There's people that are going to be like this far away from the paint, checking it out. And then there's people that are, you know, they're like, wow, this is all nice and shiny and glossy. You can wash it and and they're stoked. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just a good wash or, uh, you know, a nice polish and they're super stoked about it. So, um, yeah. So I ended up, um, I ended up starting to work with Amola again. Um, The owner and I, we, we were both, like we're really good friends. Um, when I first started my business, he kind of quit talking to me for about a year because I think he thought I was going to try and steal his customers, which wasn't the case at all. I had utmost respect for him. Then after we went to a car show, he started to talk to me again. And I was like, wow, you know, like it's good to have my friend back. Well, um, we were both in like kind of crappy relationships when I was working for him. I never looked at him like that. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, he, uh, he was single and I was trying to hook him up with my friends or well, my friend and, you know, she wasn't having it. He wasn't really about it. And then, um, I don't know, the, the friendship just kind of grew. He's, it's kind of hard being a woman in this industry also. And, uh, there's certain people that will be very insecure with, you know, where you're going and what your plan is. Um, you know, I would always get asked who's car is that how do you know him you know who's texting you and I'm like look I'm just trying to run a business here I don't have time for that extra sort of you know bs so you know if you don't support me and want to help you know want me to succeed as much as I do then like this just isn't going to work out so um he was just he was not like that he was fully supportive he was very independent I'm very independent so it just like I don't know, it grew. So we ended up getting together. We've been together for about six years now. And, um, and yeah, it's been, it's been great. So we, I subcontracted out of his shop for a while again. And then, I mean, I'm sure he saw how hard I work and then we could just kind of like merge together. So it's been really great. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And now I have an employee, which is amazing and I had one before but he he always wanted to start his own business and I'm not going to hold anybody back from that no. so I had him work with me until he kind of you know was up to snuff and I could teach him as much as I could and then he ended up starting his own shop and I'm, I'm super super happy for him he's a 
awesome dude. And now your new employee is a female, correct? New employee is a female. Yep. She is pretty hardcore and she's amazing and she takes work very seriously. So I feel very blessed. Now the, the shop or atmosphere that you are constantly posting out of when you post a lot of the Porsches that you work on, that's your shop. That's, that's where your workspace is. So yeah, I can, I kind of consider it like how Starbucks is in target. You know, so like people, and, and it's also nice. Um, it's also nice to be in his shop because I don't have any sort of interruptions. When I had my own shop, you know, you know how people like to stop by and they just want to kind of do that. So yeah. that's why it's kind of nice because it's like, I mean, you got to have an appointment and you kind of got to get through, you know, up front to, you know, get to where I'm at. So I can, you know, I can just focus on working and being on my phone calls for IGL and, um, you know, doing demos and stuff like that. So yeah, it actually in in the shop, it used to be, it used to be a tunnel butcher shop car wash. So I was like, okay, you can't be working on high end cars and you're going to hack them up. So we ended up gutting it and turning it into that detail bay. That's very cool. It does look nice. when, If you you guys, yeah, if you guys have ever, haven't followed her on ig or facebook check out those photos because the background the way the the, the ambient lighting and everything is just really really cool how that's set up thank you with with your um what am i missing here oh so tell me igl how did yeah. that come about how did that position come about oh i love this story okay so um i had used multiple different brands in the past um not saying anything, you know, wrong. I just wanted to, I kind of, I, I, you know, I put a lot into what I do and I love promoting. So when I started and I'm not going to lie, like I got introduced, I got introduced to IGL because um, when I was subcontracting out of Amola, the other detailer was using it. So he was just using, you know, the one year and the two year coding and he was stacking them on top of each other or was, he was using them just individually. Um, he, when he quit working there and when I first saw him apply it, I was like, there's no way that stuff can be good because it was really easy to apply. I wasn't having to wear a mask like around it. And I was just like, there's no way, there's no way that stuff can be good. So I kind of questioned it. Um, after he left, I ended up doing, you know, tests on my own vehicle. And, um, you know, after seeing how it performed after a year and a half, and then Joel, he had always like kind of reached out and he's just like too nice, you know, like not too nice, but I just wasn't used to it. And so, uh, once I started using the product, I remember I like took a picture of two bottles and he instantly like called me after that. And he was like, Oh, what did you think? You know? And how you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And so after that, then I started ordering, you know, more products. I tried their compound and polish. Um, I didn't like it at first, but it's just because I didn't know how to use it. Um, their water spot remover for glass, not delete, but glass plus that like really impressed me as well. And I just continued to kind of try more and more products. And then after just seeing how much it helped me, um, I reached out to Joel and I said, Hey, you know, and he's like, well, what are your goals? And I said, well, you know, I shining as a car up is really amazing. I'm never going to stop doing that. But, you know, I really want to help people save time and money because I've sat here and struggled, you know, wasting time and wasting money. 
And this stuff has helped me so significantly. And he's like, all right, well, you know, let me talk to Jeff and I'll give you a call back. And so then the next day he called me and told me that, um, you know, he's like, how would you like to be a a sales rep and trainer? And I mean, I kind of like, you know, I was just, I was so stoked. I can't even express it enough. And after that, um, you know, things just started happening. Like he, you know, had already gotten my cards ready for me. He had got me an email, you know, there were other people that I've tried working with where it didn't really, you know, it was kind of a struggle with certain things. And, um, yeah, it just like, it really, it, it worked out really well. I, I felt like I was a part of the family. Yeah. Joel definitely has a knack for being able to make you feel like family right out the gate. Yeah. Big warm hugs and oh, yeah. makes you feel like you have a place. Yes. Yeah. He's awesome. So moving forward, that puts you in also being able to go to more events and stuff like that, being part of the IGL family. And then it opened up you into, you know, a larger network of detailers other than what you were already familiar with too, as well. Right. Yes, absolutely. And then you do, you know, with the trainings, that's basically something now where you're pretty much being able to show people how to properly prep and apply these products. So they're more successful. And like you said, to take a lot of the stops out that may set them back and let them be more successful because they won't have to deal with those things with proper training. Right. 100%. Like the, the opportunity that I am given to be able to call detailers. Cause I mean, I don't know about you, but talking to another detailer sometime is kind of therapeutic because, you know, other detailers understand what you're going through yes. and uh, learning is amazing. I, you know, I'll sit there and I'll talk to my boyfriend sometimes or a friend and they're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> All right. Yep. And I'm just like, you know, I just feel like I uh, I'm wasted my time, but you know, cause we're excited about, you know, transformation, using good products, um, anything that kind of saves time and money. Like I'm all about that. Um, but also delivering amazing results and yeah. being able to talk to people every single day and kind of like, you know, be on the same page and understand each other and try and help each other out. I mean, that just like fuels me. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Very cool. And then that process at this point, I mean, you've been able to put your name on a product as well mm-hmm. with the, yeah, you have the, um, what is it? Jen's KO mix. Yeah. That's what it is. So explain yeah. how did that happen? How did, how did you even come up with that and where did all that start? So, um, I was cleaning some door jams out of a car. Uh, IGL has an amazing water spot remover. That's pretty, um, potent. It's called delete. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So I was using that and then I wanted to neutralize it afterwards. So what I did is I ended up just getting, you know, a spray bottle with water and I put a little bit of IGL wash in it, which is their, um, car wash shampoo. Um, now they have blizzard out, which is amazing. But anyway, the, I did IGL water and wash and then our IGL wash and water. And then after that, I went over it with enhancer to kind of give it a slick feel and then, you know, give it hydrophobic properties. So after I did all three of those steps, I'm like, oh my God, why didn't, you know, I want to save time, time is money. So I ended up just like kind of mixing it all together. Um, After using it, I mean, it worked great, but after I kept using it and using it and using it, I mean, it kind of was pretty awesome when I would spray it on, let's say a water spot and it would just kind of, it lights up really quick. Uh, We didn't have 
um, filtered water here at the shop for the longest time. So, you know, we're working on these higher end vehicles, washing them, you know, the last thing we want to do is pull it out in the parking lot. There's going to be, you know, a water spot or like a water drip and you wipe it and you still have the outline of it. Well, you take the, the Gen KO mix and spray it on there, you wipe it and it's instantly gone. So pretty much all the techs around here had it. Um, the shop kids had it. Uh, I had bottles in the detail bay. And so just after using it for, I mean, I remember like the guy that used to work for me, he's like, oh, this is so crazy. You know, I remember using this stuff back in the day and now all of a sudden it's like a thing, but it just helped me so significantly that after about a year, um, and then testing it too, because I want to make sure if I'm going to release this formula or this, you know, mixture, I think the mixture came from my bartending experience too. <laughs> As I said, the dilution of that, I'm sure you had to play with in order to really dial Actually, it in. Actually, I did it. The, the first try was how it was. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after mixing all those together, I wanted to make sure that I could spray it on a car, you know, in high temperatures on a black car, getting the water spots off, wiping it so it'd be good for the mobile detailers, um, boats, motorcycles, plastic. Um, we most recently just found out today, uh, that we tried it on my suede Alcantara seat. There was a spot with like an outline came right out. I'm still like testing that a little bit. I'd rather like spill stuff on my own seat and try it yeah. first. But, <laughs> yeah, especially um, Alcantara. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, I didn't spray it on there. I put it on a towel first and then, you know, lightly dabbed it. Well, it's good you but, explained that. You never know. You might get one of these viewers. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be. So, you know, after testing it out, I didn't want to like sound like a jive turkey and just like give the recipe to somebody and then it's going to, you know, ruin their reputation, ruin a vehicle, ruin my reputation, um, because I don't want to put my name on something if it's not going to work, you know. So, um, yeah, after testing it out for a year and a half, um, I released the, you know, mixture to IGL installers because they have access to, you know, delete. And, um, you know, after about 40 or 50 screenshots of people telling me that it was amazing or, um, you know, especially like on mat and vinyl wraps, um, you know, some people were like, I can't get these water spots off the mat and vinyl wrap. Um, they were thinking about using like an all-purpose cleaner and a magic eraser. And I'm like, no, no. no yeah. So I had them try that. And then they let me know like, Oh my God, it works. So, um, after about all those text messages, taking screenshots, kept sending it to Joel. And I was like, kept kind of like poking him, you know, like this stuff is amazing. We need to come out with it. And I just remember specifically, there was a day where I was in the shop. It had been a long week. I mean, they're always kind of long weeks, but sat there and I just was like looking at the cars and I'm like, and I don't pray a lot, but I do sometimes. And I just said, you know, um, God, just make it a good day. Like, please. Um, and then 30 minutes later, Joel called me and he's like, guess what girl, like we're going to make it happen. And then it was just like instant tears. And I just couldn't believe it after, you know, 20, 21 years of, you know, folding towels and shoveling car wash pits and cleaning like interiors, like thousands of them. And just all the things, you know, all the things that you do as a detailer. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, I'm going to have a feeling. product that's around the world. That's kind of crazy. So it's, it's, it's nice because the more and more it catches on, it's, I mean, I get, I get messages every single day, like all day people telling me how awesome it is. And it's, 
I just love helping people. So it's great. Now with a lot of professionals using this product, is this something that you could also consider a consumer level to where consumers? Can oh, it totally play? is. So yeah. it's actually consumer level now. So at first when it came out, it was, um, you know, it was individual bottles and you mixed it yourself. Now it's consumer. So one of the biggest thing, biggest um, selling points now is, um, you know, most people, they have hard water or well water at home, you know, when they're yeah. washing their vehicles. So when you get done, you're kind of always like chasing those water spots around. So that goes for people that are washing their cars at home. And then also mobile detailers that might not have, you know, a DI water system. So they're always chasing that stuff around. Um, you know, this works perfect for that. So when they're done, they can just kind of like go around the vehicle um, or after they, it's safe on ceramic coatings too. So I just had a buddy message me today and he's like, oh my God, wow, just got done, you know, washing my car, went around it with the Gen KO. And he's like, this stuff is amazing. And yeah, so it's, it works really, really good in that aspect. Every person that comes here and gets a detail or a ceramic coating, I always either give them a sample or they end up just buying like the bigger bottle. That's good. That, that helps in regards to what you just mentioned with their spotting, because that's something that we have issues with regardless. I think everybody encounters that who installs or offers ceramic coatings yeah. for their customers. Ooh. They have, it's almost something they have to have in a way. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because there was, it was about two weeks ago. I did a ceramic coating on a guy's car about four years ago. He ended up coming in because he parked at a restaurant and, um, you know, obviously there was a sprinkler system. It hit him and his buddy's car. Well, his um, ceramic coating, I tried going over it with the Gen KO first because I like to go least aggressive approach on at first on, on vehicles. And then I ended up going over it with um, Delete and it, it made it look better, but it didn't uh, take it away completely. So he's like, well, what can we do, you know, temporarily until I can get it in, you know, so you can, you know, I'm like, we might have to possibly remove the coating and recoat. Um, or do, do me a favor, go home, go over the whole vehicle with the Gen KO, and then just kind of see if that actually heals itself because I've done it before on somebody else's car and it did. He ended up coming back four days later and he shook my hand and he's like, I just wanted to show you for yourself, like the spots like healed itself. So that's cool. Yeah. That's all right. Really I'm, cool. I'm done talking about Gen KO. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to give you the plug on excited. that. But it's a cool product. Have yeah. you tried putting it through a foam cannon? No, I don't think it would foam. I don't think it would foam, but no, I haven't tried it. So uh, I always have this weird interest in trying almost everything through a foam cannon, except wheel acid. Oh <laughs> <laughs> or I should say my guys do just, yeah. just to push the envelope. They're like, you know, let's just see what this stuff does here. Mm -hmm. yeah right yeah you never know you might get somebody who hears this and they're like oh my god it was the most amazing thing um I, but i hope there's no opposite of that either yeah 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 right <laughs> so how's a how's a normal day then i mean you had talked about how you bring in your jobs with the ceramic coatings how's a normal day usually weigh out for you inside of your shop and now that you have everything going on with you know igl and, and you have a product out there how do you balance all that? Um, so, sorry, I just want to plug this in real quick. I know it's a little dark. Um, let me, I just, my battery's getting a little low. So I just want to make sure that I plug this in real quick for a second. Um, my day-to-day, -day, is that what you're asking? Correct. Okay, so day-to-day. -day. 
Um, I usually try, since it's summer here, I try to bike in to work every single day because it kind of helps me listen to, I like listening to motivational stuff in the morning. Um, so I will listen to something on my bike ride to work. It's about 11 miles. And then I get into work. Allie's usually here. Um, you know, I have phone calls that I need to, uh, attend to in the morning time. I mean, it's all throughout the day, but the morning time I usually, um, you know, there's people that inquire about IGL. So I'll go, I'll chat with them. Um, I'm also checking up front to see if I have any consultations. So I usually have a couple consultations throughout the day. Um, you know, there's emails, there's, so I try and I'm like a major multitasker. So if I can, you know, I'm usually on the phone and I'm also maybe like cleaning some wheels or something, door jams, I don't know. But, um, you know, so I'm pretty much IGL, you know, nine to, well, it's actually from when I wake up to when I go to bed, but um, five o'clock is usually when I'm able to actually like polish on some paint. So now that I have Allie, wow. yeah, now that I have Allie, I mean, it's a little less of a, you know, um, amount of work that I have to do. But, um, you know, it's, I'm pretty much a, sometimes it's from, you know, six, five, six in the morning of, you know, getting up and then going to work to, I mean, I've, you know, I don't like to work till two in the morning anymore, but I mean, sometimes it happens if there's deadlines. Yeah. So now that Allie's here though, she, that's the girl that I have working with me. Um, I'm actually able to leave sometimes around like seven o'clock so I'm kind of obsessed with work so it doesn't really bother me um and I know that summertimes it's kind of like I don't have a life which is okay you know I like to like I said I'm obsessed with work it's what I like to do when I ask because you know there's 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 a lot of people in the majority of the detail community where it's a it's a one it's a it's a one person operation or they have one person in the helper so it's always nice to hear from somebody else who's in that position to understand with your workload and the responsibilities you carry on the industry front how you balance all that so people could see that even with what you balance you're still getting things done and being successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there's there's I mean everybody has their tough days. Um, you know, when the, when the deadlines kind of, you gotta, but I don't know, at the end of the, at the end of the week on a Saturday when I can sleep in, I mean, that's, that's nice. You know? Yeah. I look forward to the weekends myself (laughs) and my tough days are when I usually have PPF jobs that just, I'm not getting along with. (laughs) Oh, you're you're doing PPF? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How long have you been doing that for? Two years now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I brought it on when I expanded my shop and I sent one of my lead techs out to get trained up in Connecticut and he did a great job. But after I started realizing the the loss in regards to the learning curve, because of how much material you literally burn through, I was like, you know, I'm going to just burn through this myself and take fault and own it. And that way, because I know I'm buying it. So if I'm losing money on it, at least I feel a little Um, better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there was a time when I wanted to get into PPF, but um, first of all, we got a guy that's a half mile up the road. We have a really good relationship with him. Nice. So I don't want to step on toes. Um, and then also, I didn't really want to burn through $10,000 in clear bra. Yeah, it's easy to do. It's, it's start up and going, and that's where you start to burn through. But no, yeah, that's 
that's about it there. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, now with you being a female and being a female detailer, do, have you ever caught any kind of resistance from consumers, customers that come in and they're shocked that a woman does all the work or how does that work out? And I always ask because I've had a couple, you know, it, it's a male dominant industry for the most part. Yeah. So it's, it's always interesting. Like I, I see it as one way. I don't see it as a gender thing. And, mm-hmm. and you know that I see it as we're all detailers. Mm-hmm. Um, however, looking at like my area where I'm at in Melbourne, Florida, we have a huge engineer based community with a lot of Northrop Grumman and the space center and all this stuff. So people can be very judgmental. So I, and, and that even with me, they look at me as being young and tattooed and, and this and that and have their opinion out the gate. So mm-hmm. from a female perspective, how does, how does that approach? Do you get any kind of resistance or anything weird? Oh, when I first started, yeah, for sure. But now, since I've, yeah, there's a lot of loud BMWs in here today. Um, uh, when I first started, yeah, I mean, there were people that were like, "Oh, if you do good on this one, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you do the other one." And then they questioned the pricing, you know, when it was like really low. And I get it, like when you do say really low pricing, it does get a little sketchy sometimes. Um, but. Yeah, there was one guy, he like saw that I had my nails done and he's like, yeah, I just don't want you working in my car. I'm like, cool, sweet. Like there's somebody else that wants me to work on their car. Um, wow. There are uh, resistance or there's people that, you know, they try and be, you know, they'll be trying like passive moves. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> like they're doing competitions in here um but yeah they would try and you know make a move and it's like okay are you are you coming in here because you actually like want me to work on your car or are you trying to like you're saying hit on you yeah are you trying to be inappropriate so like over the years though i've i've always like tried to you know i take a lot of pride in Sorry. Is that okay? Wait, no, that's not okay. Okay, I'm just hoping that they're going to stop that. All right. Sorry. Am I, am I okay? <clears throat> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm just going to say, yeah, I did get a little resistance at first, but I've kind of like built the reputation of people respecting me. Like now people are like, oh, you, you know, you're, you're the girl, you know, and I don't really have any sort of issues like that anymore. Good deal. Good Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, even, even listeners or even other females, I mean, I'm sure them getting into business now that the industry is growing with more women in detailing, Mm -hmm. um, they probably see that. And that's Ooh. something that they could probably even reach out to you to see how you stood your ground. Yep. Well, one thing is, is, and, and I didn't know if you were talking about like my customers or like other detailers too. Um, one thing is, is yeah. The, the one thing I can tell, you know, other females in the industry is, you know, for one, if somebody's going to say something negative to you, like don't engage, you know, I remember in the beginning when, when, uh, people would be like, well, why would I go to you and not somewhere else? And I'm just like, um, you know, 
there was a couple times where I would get defensive. This is like in my rookie years of being a business owner. But now I'm just like, I just don't even have time for it. Yeah, you're absolutely I, right. <laughs> I, I know what I, um, I know what I can do and you know what I stand for. And so, you know, if people are going to be like that, then that's fine. Just watch me, you know, just watch me grow. Cause I'm, no. I'm not going to go away. <laughs> I like it. And speaking of now with the whole women in detail and thing, I want to mention what you had told me earlier, you know, we had touched on, you know, there being a place for um, women in detailing with maybe a, a social media platform or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. So giving credit to Kelly Jones, she started the, was it the, the ladies in detailing? detailing. Yes. Did. So yes. those that are listening and any women that maybe want to engage and be part of that, that's huge. That way you guys can all communicate and then have something there. Cause looking at where the manufacturers are seeing the industry going, I'm sure there's quite a few manufacturers that are going to have interest in not only, you know, they've already may be fulfilled with, with a male ambassador, but most likely want to balance that out with a female ambassador. Right. So for that reason, that would be a go-to spot for those manufacturers to kind of look up the resume and maybe get some new upcoming talent mm-hmm. or existing talent, whatever the case may be, but put yourself out there. I would say join that way it could grow that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is about empowering other females. It it is kind of sad, and I'll be honest, it's it's sad how, you know, if we were to say a question, because it is a male-dominated industry, there are people that think that we don't have a place here, um, which is very sad and yeah. um closed-minded. But uh, you know, it it for people to do that, I, I gotta say all the haters, you know, they they just might not be happy enough in their own life that they have to go and attack other people. If there's women that are going to sit there and, you know, ask a question online, we shouldn't get attacked for it. We shouldn't be told, you know, maybe this isn't the industry for you. You know, we all start somewhere. We're all making mistakes. We just want somebody to like, maybe help us with their opinion. And, you know, if I ever see anybody, I've seen people get attacked. And whenever I see somebody get attacked, I literally like, I mean, there's been a time where I drove straight to Chicago and just like helped somebody out because hundreds of people were attacking them on social media, but nobody took the time to just go out there and help them. Like, it's really not that hard to just be a good person. That's my rant. No, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah. um, well, if, you just, if that person just happens to be walking through SEMA and someone catches the back of their leg and they trip. No. Um, Well, cool. Cool. I'm glad you said that because that helps a lot with, especially with this month and and the purpose of a lot of this as well. So with where we're at though, on time, I have to ask as far as words of advice from you for any and all male, female, just in the industry, what would you have that you could say directly from your heart? What would be some words of advice that you could put out there for everybody? Uh, I'm all about um, surrounding yourself with people that want you to succeed as much as you do being around people that, um, don't have, you know, the same mindset as you is going to kind of harbor from what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. And so I just like to, you know, be around people that are happy for me. You know, there's people out there that, that want to bring your spirits up and, being around people that might not, you know, that might be negative or, you know, stuff like that, that that's just like, it's toxic and just stay away from that because yeah, it's just not good. Yeah. Stressful. 
that's great advice. Your 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 net your network is worth your net worth. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and how would people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you directly? Ooh, if people want to get a hold of me directly, I would probably say, and I, I mean, calling me works really well when it comes. But I mean, it it does. Um, how would they find you on I, social media? Yeah, follow me on social media, I guess, um, and contact me there. If I don't get to you right away, I mean, it's probably because I'm on the phone, um, you know, helping somebody out or getting an account set up. Um, but yeah, my social media is Carsmetology on Instagram, um, Carsmetology on TikTok. I'm not really on TikTok too much. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I do have a YouTube channel under Jennifer Turcott. Um, I'm on Facebook, Jennifer Turcott, and then there's also Carsmetology on there, but uh, I kind of like when I first started my business, I was on Carsmetology on my Facebook a lot, but I'm not really on there so much. It's more so Instagram. I got to say it. No, I see the transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. And yeah, you uh, too. we'll have, uh, well, I'll let you know when this is uploaded. They'll, they'll let me know because I, Julio gets it all put together and uh, edited and then it goes up on the different platforms and YouTube as well. So that way you can share it, but I appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we're at the end of everything. This is reflection artist live. We are number 38. So we're almost hitting 40. Hopefully we'll be in the uh, triple digits and we'll have you on again as at another time at a later date. And that way we could recap on from now till then and all the good stuff that's happened long as we uh stay clear of what's going on with the world right yeah and, right uh, <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna be at um mobile tech or you're gonna be at SEMA, of course i'd definitely be at SEMA. i'm not okay. sure about mobile tech yet uh, i got some things up in the air um but and and honestly with everything that's going on right now who knows about mobile tech because it's such a small show as it is right so yeah. but SEMA looks pretty good pretty promising okay. so definitely be looking forward to that well, I'll see you soon, and I appreciate you. Thank you, and yeah. you have a wonderful rest of your day, and thank you, everybody at home or on the job listening, or at a later date again, number 38 with Jennifer Turcott, and uh, we look forward to uh, doing this again in the future, and have a great day. For sure. See Take you care. later. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.